Welcome back, everybody, and thanks for tuning in. I'm Dave Barfield. And I'm Josiah Jones. And this is the Christ Community Podcast. We're so glad you're here. In today's episode, we take a little different route, and we discuss some of the tough things going on in the world around us. And then after that, we spend some time praying for everyone. So let's get to it. All right, thank you all again for being here with us today. We've got a hopefully a great show ahead of us today. Josiah, how you doing? How's it going over there? Uh, what you been up to since we talked last? Hey, Dave. Uh, just the usual quarantine type stuff. Mm. Uh, busy mm-hmm. with family and church and all of, of that. Uh, wrangling cats and kids. <laughs> cats? Uh, Do you have more than one cat now? We actually have two. Oh, I, you are an internet cat lady. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Jen uh, presented... A compelling logic that mm-hmm. actually two cats are easier okay. to care for than mm-hmm. one because they aren't as needy and they I entertain see. one another. I see. And uh, I was skeptical at first, but mm-hmm. it turns out I think it's I think it's accurate. Good. Oh, good. I'm <laughs> so, glad that's yeah. working. Yeah. Uh, but but really, um, Dave, my heart's been heavy with all of the mm-hmm. horrible things uh, that have been happening. Mm-hmm society yeah yeah for real there's there's so much sadness right now going on um, in our country in particular and we know that that happens this type of thing can happen around the world um, at any time it often happens frequently but we've come face to face with some things recently first this virus and all the ramifications uh, as if that weren't enough on top of all that we're seeing some really sad events going on there's that slow and painful death of George Floyd in Minneapolis and some ongoing clashes between various peoples in our cities. And it just seems like uh, darkness is is really all around us right now. It does, Dave. Um, And and I think it's important for us as Christians to recognize that. And uh, it should drive us uh, both... Uh, to to our knees to the gospel um, and uh, apply it to uh, our own lives and, and to the world around us. In fact, um, just last night our, for our family devotion, uh, we spent some time uh, with with our kids mm-hmm. talking about the the events that are happening around and talking about you know. It, much of the rich heritage that we have um, in our nation, but also uh, the reality of injustices uh, that, even from the founding, inconsistencies with our principles that God's created us uh, in his image and uh, Mm -hmm. equal as image bearers, for which we're grateful for that foundation. But there have been inconsistencies, and Mm -hmm. we've talked about wonderful ways in which uh, there, that we've seen many wrongs addressed, and Christians have been on the forefront uh, of addressing uh, wrongs related to race uh, from the beginning. Uh, but we talked about how there are still 
uh, some uh, deep-rooted problems stemming from uh, the the human heart and its sinfulness, mm-hmm. but also expressing itself mm-hmm. um, in systemic ways. And so we're processing how do we, as as Christians, um, mm-hmm. how do we deal with that? How do we respond to that? Mm. So what did you guys uh, come up with after your conversation, after your family devotions? Where did you get, did you guys land on anything in particular that God led you to? But, but yes, we we looked together um, at uh, Ephesians chapter two, where uh, the Apostle Paul shows how Christ through the gospel brings a peace that mm-hmm. breaks down hostilities. Mm-hmm. But we felt the need before we looked at that to to wrestle honestly with um, to try to understand what many uh, African Americans are experiencing through this. Um, so, and, and the complexities too, because for example, with police officers, 99% of police officers or, or more are doing, a, mm-hmm. uh, are loving and serving well and risking their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are also problems. So we trying to think through that. We don't, you know, as I was talking to our kids, I told them, you know, when we when we have conversations uh, um, with you, uh, we we don't have the experience that, that I've had friends as uh, who who uh, are fearful for their kids as they'll uh, spend a significant amount of time telling them, you know, what kind of clothes they can wear if they're going for a jog or. If if they get pulled over, how do you need to talk mm-hmm. to police officers and and all of that? Because there's a deep concern that they might mistakenly um, mm. uh, that assumptions might be made about them that uh, could put them in peril. And so, I've we've never had that conversation with our children. Mm-hmm. It's just so we don't. Identify with that experientially, but I do think it's important for us to recognize that and seek to um, to listen and to understand um, and recognize where there are uh, continuing problems in our world. So that's mm-hmm. where we started, mm-hmm. um, and then from there we started asking, "Well, what do we? How does the gospel address this?" And this is where we looked at Ephesians. Um, chapter 2, where Paul spends time showing how Christ has broken down the wall of hostility. And in the text itself, you can see what has created the hostility uh, um, between Jew and Gentile Mm -hmm. is the Jews uh, felt like they were superior because of their uh, having God's law and their perceived uh, um, ability to to obey obey it, and so what Christ does is he exposes um, the reality of our uh, our failures to uh, keep God's law, and so that we are equally in need of grace, mm-hmm. uh, and and he then breaks down the hostility that exists between us and God because of our sin. We've uh, are God's enemies, and as he brings us 
into a peaceful relationship with the God of the universe. He also provides a basis for us to have um, peace uh, with, uh, uh, with, with others because mm-hmm. we recognize uh, together that uh, the most important thing in all the world we have in common, which is the mm-hmm. Savior, whom we desperately need. And so all of our, bo- we don't boast then in our performance. We don't boast in superiority of ethnicity or uh, culture. Mm-hmm. Um, we boast in our uh, gracious Savior mm-hmm. that begins to uh, um, provide a basis for us to uh, be be united and break down mm-hmm. barriers. I like how you said that because I think that the equality at the foot of the cross is really the basis for uh, all of our equality. I mean, if, if we don't have that ba- uh, basis, the foundation that we're all equally uh, condemned before God because we're so depraved, um, then we will jockey for position. It might yeah. be ethnic. It might be class warfare, yes. uh, ability. So anything. It could, we're so prone to idolatry. It could be anything. Um, and so I think that um, something that I'm, I'm grasping is that, and trying to understand more deeply, is that equality that is found uh, in Jesus Christ. And that's what makes us all equal. Yes. And he changes the way we even view the things that we have by God's grace, mm-hmm. the privileges and gifts. That our, our sinful tendency is to exalt ourselves by stepping on, pushing down mm-hmm. others. But Jesus does just the opposite. He's mm-hmm. God. <laughs> and he doesn't count equality with God a thing to be grasped. So instead of um, stepping on us, mm-hmm. uh, he comes down to mm-hmm. us. And he, by his grace, lifts, lifts us up. And so it, the gospel not only presents a basis because at the foot of the cross we're equally desperate mm-hmm. sinners in need of a Savior and loved by this glorious Savior, mm-hmm. but it, it begins to change our, our instincts mm-hmm. so that um, we're not... Christ has lifted us up, and and we our significance is in Him. So we don't need to try to push others down to, to find significance in in uh, trying to find superiority mm-hmm. in different ways. Yeah, it, what I've been processing all of these things and trying to think how to um, explain them to our kids and, and and teach our kids through this and help them to grow through it as well. Um, I was reminded of a, a quote from the late Fred Rogers, and he was asked, when there are bad things happening, where is God in those horrible events? And I think there was a little bit of, when he was asked this question, there was a little bit of uh, genuineness, but probably also a little gotcha type question. And uh, I don't know where Fred Rogers stood theologically, but his answer um, I thought it was at least helpful because he said, I don't know how to answer that specifically, but I I will say this. When you see horrible things going on, look for the helpers. And what he meant by that was look for the helpers, the people that help out when things are going bad, the people that run to the flames, that run to the situation that's horrible and try and help out. And 
there are glimpses of, of God's goodness in in those people. Um, and I like that because it, it helps us see that even when things are very dark, that light does shine into them and that there are people by God's grace that enter into pain and into destruction and really reach out to help. Yeah, that's, that's really good, Dave. And, and there have been some bright spots. Uh, we've seen uh, images of people protecting people across racial lines. We've seen God's people reaching out uh, to those in need. And, and of course, that's exactly as it should be, because that's it. Jesus saw our need, and he didn't run mm-hmm. from us, but to us. Right. And he indwells mm-hmm. us by his spirit. He loves um, those who are hurting and in need and runs to them and, and moves us mm-hmm. to do the same. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus is, of course, the ultimate helper indeed. Um, so sometimes when, when we, these events happen on a wide scale, like they're happening now, um, we find ourselves asking, and I know I've been asked this from others multiple times, um, but we find ourselves asking, what, what can I do? You know, what am I supposed to do when the world around me is falling apart like this? What, what do you think? Yeah, Dave, it's interesting. When, I think when things turn abnormal in many ways, uh, God calls us to do the radically normal. Mm-hmm. And it, mm-hmm. it starts with uh, praying. Mm-hmm. Um, now, to a secular person, that's inactivity. Right. But, uh, but for the believer who knows that mm-hmm. prayer, prayer is the first work. Mm-hmm. You do prayer before you do anything else. Right. Because it's recognizing, God, the problems that are in the world are bigger than us. Mm-hmm. But they're not bigger than you. And I'm acknowledging, as Jesus said, apart from you, I can do nothing. Mm-hmm. So let's... Prayer is not where you stop, but it sure is where you start. Yeah. And some of that means praying to Lord, open my eyes to see mm-hmm. where um, where I'm blind to the hurt and difficulties, where I have apathy that I mm-hmm. shouldn't, where there are seeds of racism, for example, as what we're talking about, in my own heart, to root them out, mm-hmm. expose them. Uh, Lord, help me. So that from there, as I'm talking to God, um, from there, uh, apply the gospel to our own hearts mm-hmm. where there is uh, apathy, where there is um, uh, uh, roots of racism that need to be um, uh, rooted out. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also seeking to be informed and to listen and to understand uh, what people are going through and and then to be asking God, okay, how do we? What can I do? Um, your word talks about uh, you know grieving, weeping with those who weep, mourning with those who mourn. Uh, to do that, uh, where would you have me speak up for justice to identify with the hurting, mm-hmm. um, with the poor? Now that's where sometimes it's hard to know exactly what, but um, but to ask God to help me to see. Where can I speak for those who don't have a voice? Mm. Yeah. I'm reminded of the passages where we've talked about before, just in a few weeks ago, we talked about James. You know, 
true religion and undefiled before the Father is to visit widows and orphans in their affliction and to keep yourself unspotted from the world. And then in Micah we read, do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Yes. I mean, these are, like you said, radically normal things that we should be doing all the time. And I feel like to some extent we double down on this and we do it even more so and see where God leads because God is indeed sovereign over all of these things. And those actions, I, I, I feel like, and I, I think I'm on good ground here saying this, but I feel like those actions in themselves are a way of pushing back against this specific kind of darkness. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And this is where, I'll just add this, mm-hmm. Dave, this is where Christians cannot be part of the echo chamber. We can't just take what the world says, either on the right or the left, mm-hmm. politically, and just... Uh, uh, be part of that polarization mm-hmm. and just kind of regurgitate um, what is happening around us. We need our thinking, our affections, our words, our actions shaped by the Word of God. Yeah, we all have blind spots. Yes, right. I mean that's we're prone to blind spots to the things that we don't want to investigate in our own lives, yeah. and God's Word will. Uh, will expose those and, and other people if we're if we're in a community of believers and um, with spiritual accountability and oversight. That's what God uses to to expose those blind spots. And and this is one of those opportunities that God can use to expose radical racism um, in our own hearts. And um, I just pray that we don't miss this opportunity to. To consider that. Consider what God, how how does God want me to change? Not just what does he what does he want me to do, but how does he want me to change um, in light of what I'm seeing around me? Yes, yes. This is an opportunity for the gospel yeah. to have greater impact yeah. in our own hearts. Yep. And then as Christians model it for the gospel for people to see the relevance of the gospel mm-hmm. to this uh, deep problem in our nation and in the world. Yeah. Now. To me, it seems like there are some some touch points here with Sunday's sermon. So um, why don't we get to the sermon, and why don't you give us a, just a brief summary of uh, where we were, and uh, just uh, give us kind of a, a rundown of the sermon. Yes, Dave, uh, we just finished our series, No Other Name, um, and we concluded the series in Romans chapter 10, mm-hmm. verses 14 through 17, mm-hmm. where we we're looking basically at how do we how do we respond to what I believe uh, in Scripture we've considered some compelling reasons to believe Jesus really is the the only one who provides the answer to our, our deepest problem, and mm-hmm. so suggested there are three responses mm-hmm. that uh, this calls for. First, settle the question for ourselves. Is Jesus who he claimed to be? Does he really do what he uh, promises and offers in the gospel? Then, if we settle it for ourselves, uh, settle the question for ourselves, then we spread the message to others. This is not something, this news is is too good to keep to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then finally, uh, we surrender the outcome to God. But just kind of the heart of the passage that we looked at is, I think, this, that God's chosen people who've experienced his grace to extend his grace. Mm-hmm. So the reason why 
express it that way is I think it's faithful to that passage, but also, you know, many times people see, okay, the gospel privileges I've received come with the gospel responsibility to spread the the only message that has the power to connect people to Christ mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. his saving benefits. Um, but I, I just don't feel like I'm qualified uh, to do that. <laughs> and and so here's the what qualifies you? It's having experienced his grace. Mm-hmm. And those who have experienced his grace are qualified to extend his grace. Yeah. To share with mm-hmm. others what God has done uh, for you. I've said this many times, Dave. You know, oftentimes we, we, well, I don't know, I need this training, that training, so on and so forth, and training's great. But we have a congregation that is theologically more informed than a lot of people who are very effective mm. at sharing the gospel. Mm. The problem is not information. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm praying, my, my prayer is that this whole series, our, our conviction that it's really true, Jesus is, we claim to be, and the gospel is as glorious as um, it's presented in the scriptures, and then that we would that we would be compelled uh, by the grace that we've received to extend it uh, to, to others. I'm, rem- I'm reminded of what Jesus did when he healed the blind man, and um, then the rulers were asking the blind man um, where Jesus came from and all about Jesus and all these different things, uh, skeptically, because they wanted to try and have a reason to um, uh, silence and persecute Jesus. And the blind man said, I don't know the answer to these things, but I do know that I was blind, and now I see. Yes. And there's that grace. that, that, that yes. <laughs> He experienced the grace and now he's telling others about it. Yes. And and you said in your sermon that we're and just now we're sp- we're supposed to spread the message to others. And I think and many of us want to. Some many of us, some of us are. I mean, we've seen people come to faith during this um, uh, coronavirus time uh, in our church, which is that's so exciting, and we want to see more of that. Um, but what do you think? What do you think about sharing the gospel during cataclysmic times like this? I mean, we've got course, coronavirus uh, still ongoing, and then these um, protests and some violent clashes go- going on. And how do you think we spread the gospel? How do we think we spread this message without sounding tone deaf? Like, I understand your city is burning, but listen to my message about Jesus. Deep down, I know that that's what needs to be done. Yes, but. Is, do you have some ways to shape it, to package the message, so that it, it doesn't sound like it's uh, uncaring or unsympathetic? Yes. Well, part, part of uh, it uh, comes down to, as Christians, we need to respond to the city burning. Yeah. And show that we care about the, mm-hmm. whole, person. the whole person. We really care about them. Because Jesus did. Mm-hmm. Jesus, we, we were created as embodied souls. Mm-hmm. God cares about the body and the soul. Jesus ministered to the body and the soul, and often um, he uh, uh, would be would begin with ministering and caring for um, for the for the practical needs. So Christians, uh, I, I like how Piper has said this before, Christians care about all suffering. 
especially eternal suffering. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that helps people understand that we really do care is by demonstrating it. Mm -hmm. um, and as we do, if we love people, we're going to care about, we're not just going to be, care about their having a cup of water. That's really important. Mm -hmm. But we want them to have the water of life. Mm -hmm. How could we not? Mm -hmm. How could we not? So um, uh, I think one of the ways is we need to demonstrate we care about the whole person. Right. And in that context, also express, because we care about them, we want them to have a, a hope that um, can be secure, even in the midst of the things that are happening in our world that expose that uh, so much of what we put our hope in mm -hmm. is not solid. It's not uh, a, a real source of lasting hope. Yeah. Uh, what, what I'm hearing there is, number one, show that we care by helping relieve uh, suffering and then also sh <laughs> have a tone that is caring to, sh to show the grace that we've been given because we would be experiencing God's wrath if it weren't for his grace. And so because we've experienced his grace, then have that caring tone as we share uh, what Jesus has done for us. Absolutely. And I would just add one thing. Mm -hmm. As we talk about the gospel, apply it to w where there is, uh, where the suffering and hurting is. Mm -hmm. and, and so, for example, um, this is where in the, in terms of the uh, race and uh, the uh, racism and the turmoil that we're seeing happening, the gospel does speak to that. And we, we model that it speaks to our own hearts to expose our sin so that we as Christians ought to be the chief repenters. Mm -hmm. but, and then we model how the gospel is changing us and offer that, that the gospel um, to show how it, it speaks to this very issue um, that is so uh, prevalent in our own world. Yeah, uh, because we know that it does speak to it. Romans, or uh, excuse me, Ephesians two, what you just talked about. Yes, talks about this very thing about the the different ethnicities that are going to be uh, clashing if it weren't for what Jesus does. So the gospel does indeed speak to uh, the things going on in our world. And it gives us hope, right? Because it gives us a picture that one day <laughs> the gospel yeah. is going to prevail. That's right. God is going to have a people around his throne from every tongue, tribe, nation, mm. and uh, people group uh, perfectly united uh, in loving and praising God and loving and enjoying one another in a world made the way it was meant to be. Amen. May the Lord come quickly. Amen. As we close, we want to pray for you. We know that prayer changes things. And so we want to spend some time praying for you and for the world around us. Josiah, why don't you go first and then I'll close. Yes, let's pray. Father, we do thank you that prayer changes things because uh, 
the Lord Jesus has made a way for us to come boldly before your throne of grace to receive mercy and help in time of need. Father, we do come to you as an acknowledgement that there are problems in the world and in our lives that are too big for us. Oh, how we thank you that they are not too big for you. You are a great God. You are a God who is sovereign over all, and that's more than words. You sustain all things. You uh, hold all things together. Lord Jesus, you hold all things together by the word of your power. And I've just been reminded this morning um, of the need for your Holy Spirit, Ephesians 1, the need for your Holy Spirit to open uh, our eyes to see in the midst of a world that's filled with trouble. Um, the, the hope that we have, and it is a sure hope, uh, the, the riches of grace that we have to provide for every need and the immeasurable greatness of power that is at work toward those who believe. Resurrection power and reigning power. So God, we do pray that you would open our eyes to see that. Um, and, and I pray that you would also open our eyes as we've been talking about to see the hurt the suffering, the grief that is in our world, that we would not turn a blind eye, that we would not assume, well, we're in Carmel and kind of in a bubble. Uh, but Lord, uh, even as you moved toward the suffering and the hurting uh, to bring your hope and your grace, and your healing, so would you, by your Holy Spirit, be moving in our hearts as individuals and as a church body uh, to care for those who are suffering. Lord, we do pray that you would, where there is a sense of superiority on the basis of our performance or on the basis of ethnicity or whatever it might be, would you expose that by the light of your truth and would you root it out of our hearts so that our only boast would be in the Lord Jesus. We pray that you would uh, enable us to bring the gospel of peace and apply it to um, uh, the situation that we face in our own lives, uh, but also to our world. Father, we do pray that you would work, that you would act, so that where there continues to be uh, injustice, uh, that, um, that systemically even, that, there, that uh, people would become aware and dissatisfied, and there would be real changes made that would, uh, um, that, that Lord would address the massive issues that are happening in our world. Father, we pray as well um, that you would uh, would work so that there might be peaceful protests, uh, which are right and good to show what is wrong. Um, but Lord, would you work so that uh, there would not be uh, destructive uh, riots. Um, Lord, we cry out to you. Uh, we pray that you would work in our world uh, for 
uh, our good for the advancement of the gospel that brings real hope in the midst of the hurting. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I'm reminded of the words of Jesus when he said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Father, we know that that doesn't absolve us, absolve us from action, uh, but it does mean that we aren't supposed to be afraid and that we aren't supposed to be anxious. Uh, instead, we're supposed to take that peace and act on it. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us to know how to act on the peace that you've given to us, that we won't be afraid, that we won't be anxious to enter into the hurting and the suffering and the darkness. So, Lord, we give you praise and we give you thanks that you are the God of peace and that you sent Jesus to make peace and that you give your peace to your people. And, Lord, I pray that that would reign in our hearts and that from there we would reach out into a settled world that desperately needs your peace. And we ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you all for listening. If you've enjoyed this, we invite you to share it with family and friends. To learn more about our church, visit us online at ChristCommunityCarmel.org. And join us again next week for the Christ Community Podcast. Until then, the peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Amen. And God bless.